Welcome to the first ever po- episode of the Zeke and Rawson Show, where we talk everything and anything college basketball related. I'm your host, Zeke, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rawson. Rawson, if you want to take the floor and introduce yourself a little bit. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Diego Rawson. Um, lately, uh, I've not really been on Twitter a lot. I've been taking a break from Twitter. Uh, a lot of people know that uh, I'm mostly known for being uh, a graphic designer. Uh, have my own website, rawsongraphics.com. So I've uh, been taking a break from that as well. Um, you know, just kind of just focusing on my regular job and things like that. But I'm happy uh, to be joined uh, by my man, Zeke, uh, doing this podcast. And I'm really excited to get started with this project. Uh, he's a super uh, college basketball fan like myself. And uh, I know that a lot of fans are going to love this podcast not only are they going to love it, they're going to come and watch it every single week uh, just because uh, we are not biased and uh, we are going to tell it like it is. And that's how it is. (laughs) We are both Kentucky fans, but we're going to be as unbiased as possible because we just like the game of college basketball. I'm the host, Zeke, and you can find me. I write articles for Cats Coverage. That's where I kind of got started. I'm super blessed. They are, you know, they're awesome over there. We're definitely growing. And uh, yeah, so uh, we'll just jump right into it. The top 25 rankings. Okay. So I have, I had a couple of questions about it, if I could bring it up. So Villanova, Villanova is ranked ninth. Okay. And they, they have three losses. I don't, I don't understand that. Why the hell are they ranked ninth with three losses? I think the reason Villanova uh, it's still in the top 10 with three losses on a resume, I think mm-hmm. it has to do with uh, the competition that they have played. And a lot of those losses, uh, I know they did get blown out uh, just a couple games ago, but a lot of those losses were tough losses. And the thing about Villanova is that they're a type of team that a couple months from them, the same team could probably make a run in the tournament just because of the, all the teams that they're playing. And Jay Wright is a magician when it comes to coaching and the, and the X and O. So uh, I, I honestly do believe that uh, they will be a team that will be seeing uh, possibly in the sweet 16 or even further than that down the road. Yeah. See, I see why they had, they have their three losses are two at, at the time, number two, UCLA then it's against Purdue and then Baylor. But the last game against Baylor, it was they they scored 36 points in the entire game. They have 15 at halftime. And then other than those three losses, the best team they have beat is St. Joe's or Syracuse. They beat Syracuse by 14. So I just don't see how a three-loss Villanova team like, you, they've damn near lost as many games as they've won. You know? Well, th- this is well. This is the thing, Zeke. Villanova, and maybe you know, maybe college basketball is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I was younger, if a team had three losses by December, a lot of the time they were not in the top ten. So I, I, I know where you're coming from, but I think now. Like 
college basketball is almost like the UFC now. And I bring that up because like in a way losses really don't mean anything if it's a ranked team versus a ranked team, but if it's a rank, mm-hmm. if you're a ranked team and you lose to a non-ranked team, that looks bad on your resume. But if you're Villanova, you get thrashed by Baylor, you get thrashed by UCLA, lose to Purdue, it does not really look that bad. And it's, it's probably because you're most likely going to be playing teams like that in the tournament. So I, I believe that's why they, why they look at it from that point of view as far as like the uh the voters yeah i just i wasn't very high on villanova to start the season same with ucla i'm just i can't i've never really been on the villanova hype train if there is one i've never jumped on it or even seen it for that you know but it's just hard for me to I, I just it's hard for me to fathom that you're gonna say they're a top that somebody these voters will say they're a top ten team when they've lost to three they have three losses you know they've only beat one and I take that back I think they beat Tennessee I think that's their best win but um, yeah they they actually beat them I actually yeah. watched that game they beat yeah. them pretty bad but um, yeah I've I've watched a couple of their games and they just haven't impressed me anything. Or at all, but do, would you say would you say they're better than Ohio State? Because Ohio State's ranked fifteenth. They be they be at the time number one Duke. Uh, I think, and they right just now, killed Wisconsin. I, th- I think right now Ohio State's probably one of the hottest teams. Um, yeah. Also, I think that um, they're definitely Ohio State is definitely better than Villanova. Also, Villanova has like this herky jerky offense, kind of like Kentucky where you're not sure if it's an offense or if it's just they're just <laughs> dribbling the ball up the court and they're just sitting there. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the reason I bring it up is because I watched Villanova play. It's like they play hard. Like yeah. Villanova reminds me, and this is me being 100% honest, Villanova reminds me of that team that shows up, you know, it's like you and your boys, you, you go to the YMCA gym and you're hooping. And you're like, man, these boys ain't going to beat us. Well, those boys, they'll win three games in a row. They'll look hot. And then they'll come back, you know, the next week, you know, with the same team, same boys. And then they get beat by everybody. So that's the team that Villanova is right now. And uh, they're going to have to improve on that for sure. But I believe uh, Big East play, I believe uh, come Big East play, they will improve on that. They will get better. Um, I also think another team that is uh, emerging in the Big East right now, uh, I would have to say uh, Butler. Uh, I watched Butler play. Butler looked pretty good uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, have not have not actually got to watch them recently. And uh, you know what's crazy, man? For some reason, I keep thinking Rutgers is in the Big East. So when Rutgers beat Purdue on that last second shot, I was like, man, the Big East got some tough teams, but Rutgers is actually in the Big Ten, so I had to yeah. remind myself of that. So yeah, did they used to be in the Big East? I believe so. Yeah, I believe uh, Rutgers was in the Big East uh, at the same time Louisville was. Uh, they were actually, uh, you know, speaking of college football, Rutgers was actually kind of like rivals with Louisville 
in football for a while. I think that was uh, back when Ray Rice played for mm-hmm. Rutgers. And Louisville had uh, – they had some uh, top guys too at that point in time. Yeah, uh, I definitely see what you're saying about Villanova. They're definitely like, you know, that New Yorker team, you know. They're just going to grate and grind. But outside of their starting five, even their starting five, like I just haven't been impressed. But um, that's enough of Villanova. What about – okay, so I'll be honest. I have not watched a single USC game this season. But they are 11-0. and and ranked 10th have you have you watched any of them do you even have anything to yeah, say? yeah 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 i watched uh, i watched a little bit of usc uh i think right now they're a little bit under the radar uh they're a team that's probably going to challenge for that pac-12 title and the thing about the pac-12 man is uh you got some sneaky teams in there uh a lot of people didn't think arizona was going to be good uh, you got um, Oregon, which they've not really had a good year, but yeah. um, they can improve. Uh, you got USC, you got UCLA. Uh, and uh, I believe that's about it in that conference that really stick out to me. And they, maybe uh, Oregon State, maybe Oregon State as well. They did have the run last year. Not sure if they'll have the same success this year, but uh, they're another team yeah. to pay attention to for sure. Yeah, Oregon State is one and nine, so. <laughs> they'll have to they'll have to get you know yeah. but they usc i just i question them because you know i think you know they haven't played anybody their yeah. best game is utah at washington state maybe you know maybe clay thompson came back to washington state <laughs> i don't know but they their game they have georgia tech oklahoma state and arizona coming up and mm-hmm. three of their f- next four games, Arizona State, what the heck, dude? They're trash. Just a little side note. They are garbage. Is yeah, it, they're, they're really It's bad, Bobby yeah. Hurley, right? I, heard, uh, I believe so, yeah. I believe yeah. it is Bobby Hurley, yeah. Yeah, they are – Arizona State should not be this bad. I think they had a game where they had, like, 26 points in the entire game. I don't know. Well, I'm, but, I'm, uh, I'm looking at the, the current rankings right now. Utah – uh seven and three colorado eight and three mm-hmm. uh, arizona still undefeated uh i mean colorado could be the dark horse in that conference uh this yeah. year uh they had a pretty good run last year in the tournament too um so yeah i'm not gonna lie i don't watch much pac 12 basketball What's just the- because the simple fact it's on at like 11 o'clock at night when the games start and then you got to listen to Bill Walton. I'm not a big fan of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's hilarious. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, j- uh, just just to move on, man, let, let, let's jump into the to the SEC. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as a lot of people mentioned that um, w- we are Kentucky fans, but we're not biased. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. When Kentucky lost to Notre Dame, it, it scared it scared me and the reason I bring this up uh, is this uh, right now uh, LSU is 10 and0 in the SEC Auburn is nine and one Arkansas is nine and one Alabama's eight and two Tennessee's eight and two and I'm just yeah. uh, 
Okay, and just so on and so on. And then you got Kentucky, who's also eight and two right now. But the SEC is probably the most stacked basketball conference yeah. um, this this year. Not uh, even there's, a, there's no, not even to uh, Mississippi State is towards the bottom, and I didn't realize how many like tran- like big time transfers they got. Like they have Garrison Brooks. I did not realize that until right. recently. Right. Like they have some hoopers over there and they're like towards the bottom of the SEC. Yeah. And that could just be, uh, you know, they're six and three right now. Their Kempom rating is 46. It could just be because uh, they just don't really know how to gel together. Uh, yeah. Texas A&M is seven and two right now. Uh, Florida seven and three. Um, South Carolina seven and two. So a lot of these teams have winning records and, uh, it's kind of like what uh, John Kyle Perry said. You go on the road. Uh, when Kentucky goes on the road, a lot all these venues are going to be sold out, man. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's Vanderbilt, South Carolina. They're all going to be sold out. So hopefully they get ready for that. Um, a team that really has uh, surprised uh, me a lot, uh, especially in the uh, Big 12 this year, I would have to say is uh, Texas. Uh, they have really surprised me a lot. Uh, I believe as of right now, they still have one loss, which is that Gonzaga loss. Uh, that loss is not really looking that bad uh, with with all the teams that Gonzaga has played. What do you think, Zeke? They See, I watched that game, and Drew Timmy beat Texas, like, by himself, I swear. Like, Drew Timmy did Gonzaga just blew them out. And so I I'm not real I'm not I'm not huge on Texas to be honest. They played two ranked opponents and lost to both of them. It's kind of like kind of like Kentucky and like 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 you said uh we're not like biased but you know that's what I know most so I'm going to compare a lot to Kentucky. And so you know, Kentucky has seven wins against seven, you know, borderline Division two schools. And then <laughs> the uh, they played two teams that have, you know, are decently, you know, known, you know. Besides, I mean, you got Duke and then Notre Dame, and they've lost to them. So I'm not huge on Texas. I think I'm – to be honest, I think the Gonzaga game and – um, yeah, I think the Gonzaga game is the only game that I watched them play in. And uh, they just – which that was the second game of the year for them. So, I can't really judge them too much on that. But just from what I've seen, I'm not – like if I was going to buy stock in Texas, I probably would hold out for right now. But that's just me. Yeah, also I apologize. They they have two losses. They lost to Gonzaga and uh, Seton Hall. Also yeah. – uh, uh, the team that is hot right now in the Big 12 is Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State's 10-0 and 0 right now. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. Baylor, I believe they're, they're the number one team right now. Yeah. Uh, then West Virginia's right up there. Kansas is right up there. Texas Tech is right up there. That conference is looking really good too, man. Yeah, uh, they could possibly They could possibly get uh, – I mean, obviously Oklahoma State's not getting in this year, but they could possibly get – at least eight teams in. And to add on to that, Oklahoma, they're not even ranked, but they're I think they're eight and two or like seven and two. Eight and two, yeah. A blowout win to Arkansas. Like 
two Saturdays ago, and they beat Florida at home by, I think, double digits. And they're not even ranked. And so, I mean, they're they're pretty good. They have a loss to, I think, Utah State and maybe Butler, I think. But, I mean, if that's the bottom, if that's the bottom, you know, they have the ability to beat a top 10 team by 20 because I think Arkansas, they might have been 11th. But, you know, that's Big 12. You know, they kind of popping. But then yeah. um, just to move on to the game, I think it was Monday. Monday or Tuesday. Memphis and Alabama. Memphis, I watched – you didn't watch much of that. You didn't watch really any of that game, did you? Yeah, man. Uh, just uh, the lack of coverage of college basketball. Had had no idea mm-hmm. the game was on. Yeah. Um, and like you know, you I mean, don't get me wrong. You can go out of way, go out of your way, and try to find these games. But I, you know, sometimes I just wish I would get like some type of notification from Bleach Report or ESPN from my phone. That would be great um, yeah. instead of getting it the last two or five minutes of the game. But uh, anyhow, um, I did watch a little bit of highlights uh, via via YouTube. And uh, what I saw was that uh, Memphis uh, played a lot better that game using their veterans. And uh, they look, they actually look like a top team in that game. Yeah. So I, I watched, I was off and on watching it. And from what I watched, first of all, I, th- I think Amani Bates didn't play the final like 14 and a half minutes, you know, and that was the number one player coming into the country. And so he was on the bench like, in t- the entire second half, probably, or I think. And um, Memphis, like, handily beat Alabama. Like, it wasn't, you know, one team would go on a run, the other team would go around. Memphis would, like, you know, kept a double-digit lead for, I think, most of the game, or they kept a lead for the most of the game. And they didn't look bad from what I've seen. I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch all of it, but I did watch, you know, a lot of it, I would, you know, here and there. But, yeah, Memphis handily beat Alabama. Alabama, their, like, play style is just they could win by 20 and then the next night lose by 20. Like, with just their, you know, play as fast as possible, launch a three, and then get back on defense and, you know, press full court. Like, they could either – it was kind of like – um. I'd say Auburn in like 2018, 19, but with a little more, you know, offense ran through like that Auburn team. You remember them? Yeah. Yeah. They would pass up a fast break layup for a Jared Harper three from half court. Like they would have a wide open layup and kick it out to three. And that's kind of like, I feel like the play style Alabama is going for just with a little more, um, you know, structure to it, but they, they turn the ball over like crazy. I think. Yeah, it's and, and the reason they turn the ball over is because uh, they have multiple ball handlers. Uh, yeah. And whenever you have multiple ball handlers, you're going to uh, turn the ball over quite a bit. Um, also, um, an- another thing about um, Alabama is that um, Shackleford, you know, definitely one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Uh, lucky they're, they're very uh, fortunate to get him back but um, I did see some Alabama fans uh, make an excuse like maybe they lost that game due to the Memphis Blue Court 
Um, I, so, <laughs> are you a fan of it? I'm not really a fan of it, but maybe that's why they lost the game. Maybe it's because uh, they're not used to playing on blue courts, according to Alabama fans. <laughs> that, that court and Oregon's court is by far the, like, I don't know whose idea, like, who's behind it, but that those courts are terrible. Yeah, I agree. Um, and what's really sad is that the court that I played middle school basketball on looks better than that Memphis court. Um, <laughs> my, yeah, my high school's seriously. old gym looks a little bit better. Yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, I would actually say mine, mine does too, because uh, my high school, uh, my high school had like a dome. They had like a real fancy dome. Uh, so, so yeah, um, yeah, definitely looks better than that for sure. Like, do you think Alabama's play style is built to, you know, actually win a national championship? Because I think, you know, when they're at their best, they are, I mean, tough to beat. Well, but do you think it could withstand a however many games, like three weekends in a row of, you know, playing the way they play? Well, one thing I've noticed is that a lot of the teams that win championships, they don't really play fast like that. But what they do is that they play at like a, uh, I call it like a controlling tempo is what I like to call it. And basically what they do is that they control the game and not only do they control the game, but they also uh, control the, the, the defense in the game. So if you can control the offense and the defense in the game, you're going to win automatically. Uh, it's kind of like what Baylor did last year. Uh, those guys were very hungry. They, they were very hungry and they came out and fought every single night uh, defensively, offensively, you name it, they did it. And uh, it's just unfortunate um, since Baylor is not a big name like Duke or Carolina, uh, no one's, you know, they won that championship and everybody sort of just threw them out the window and you look at them this year, they're right back in that number one spot. So uh, shout out to uh, Scott Drew and company and uh, what they're doing in Baylor. Uh, it's, it's starting, it's starting to get respect nationwide and they have my respect and uh, they're looking like a great team this year as well. And if it wasn't for COVID, they probably would have won the championship that year too. Like, they were the favorites. I think they were ranked number one at the time that year, too. So they would have won back-to-back in this year. People say they haven't, like, played anybody, but, you know, they've bl- absolutely blown everybody out. And then they played Villanova and beat them by 20 and hold them to 36 points. But I, I think Villanova sucks, so, yeah, they still haven't played uh-huh. anybody yet. <laughs> well, well um, I, have, I, have a, I have something what I like to call, uh, uh, you know, now that – we have this podcast, I'll probably bring it up a lot. Um, I, I have this list that I like to call uh, coaches who are like magicians. And I'll explain it. Basically, the magician co- coaches that I have on that list, uh, Scott Drew's on there, uh, Roy Williams is on there, uh, Coach K is on that list. Um, Calipari, he, he's on and off of it. You know, he's on and off that list. Uh, Jay Wright is on there as well. Um, who else is on that list? I'm trying to think. What what uh, considers them a magician? 
basically what considers them also uh brad stevens is on that list too what makes them a magician is that um the lack of star power that that they have on rosters and their winning percentage uh now i understand coach k he's had a lot of star power right um but you look at guys like what brad stevens like what he did with butler uh like a decade ago i mean those guys uh, and people are actually making fun of a lot of those guys. Some people say that those guys played like YMCA dudes. They really did. You know, they played like YMCA dudes. And just like um, Loyola Chicago last year and the year before, uh, you have some coaches that are magicians at this art because coaching is an art. So if you're able to go out there and execute a game plan and beat a top team with five-star players and all this that's amazing man um i would add to that li- to that list probably i would probably add nate oats as well oh definitely nate yeah. oats he is a coaching magician <laughs> he's on that list he's number coaching, one he made the list <laughs> he made the list rostin's coaching magicians it is coaching magicians. nate oats <laughs> He's on the list. He's on the list. And also Eric Musselman is also on that list. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I will, whenever I come back to Twitter, I will put out the list. It's going <laughs> to disappoint some people, but uh, we pretty much covered everybody who's on the list. So Yeah. That's what kind of worries me about um, like Coach Cal and uh, Coach K is because the years they don't necessarily have I don't know how I want to word this because every year they have, you know, one or two um, recruiting rankings, but they don't seem to like, you know how like Nate Oates can take, just for example, you know, him at Buffalo can take that team, you know, take them to the tournament. And then Alabama, when he first got to Alabama, they had like, you know, John Petty and that team, but they were they were dangerous. My worry with like someone, you know, the blue blood, right? So like Coach yeah, K yeah. or, you know, Coach Cal is taking somebody who's not good. And this could be totally stupid for me to even say, but like, yeah, it probably is stupid. <laughs> because nah, Coach Cal stupid. takes like teens and like takes kids and they're really good by the end of the year. You need a you need a last play. They they got one in their back pocket. Ray draw it, run it perfectly, and that could be you know on the players too. You know with them always having young players, they don't always run it to perfection. But right, you know, guys like you know Nate Oates and Brad Stevens, like Brad Stevens, Stevens, I feel like he was he's a like genius when it comes to you know play calling and being able to because I mean shoot at Butler. He didn't have the most athletic players who could just, you know, take a broken play and, you know, beat his guy and yam it on him. Like it was, it took strategy. And sometimes at the Blue Bloods, sometimes it doesn't necessarily take strategy. And that might be why, hot take, that might be why they're not winning the championship every year. But, you know, that right. doesn't mean that they're bad or anything or well, well, this is the thing. Uh I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up, man. I think we are in a point in college basketball where I think within the next and this this is gonna shock you, 
but I think within the next five to 10 years, I think uh, 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 a team, an uh, eight seed or lower, is going to win the national championship. And the reason I bring that up is because it seems to be a pattern that these underranked teams, for whatever reason, just like Notre Dame a, a week ago, these underrated teams, when they play against these big name programs, they show up and they show out because they want to they want to put themselves on the map, man. And um, I feel like coaching. I feel like coaching around the college basketball has increased tremendously. Like, I feel like there's to. more and more, you know, really good coaches in the league. Yeah, definitely, it it really has, and. Uh, you know, kind of like Muscle Man. I'm 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 such a fan of that guy. I I love his social media presence. I love all the all the herky jerky stuff that he does to you know get Arkansas fans riled up. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's at times I look at that and I'm like, man, like like that's what's going to get people excited. You know, that's yeah. what's going to really get people and intrigued and everything like that. And um, uh, yeah, man, it's it, when it comes to coaching, you're exactly right. There's more great coaches now. And the reason it could be is because a lot of the great coaches that now have retired, a lot of them, you know, they know each other and things like that. You know, they're probably helping each other out. Well, hey, how about you run this play or try this out? Or, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I know that uh, Roy Williams actually was uh, talking, uh, was working with Cal at the beginning of the year um with uh i think he like came spoke to the players or something like that but uh but yeah man uh coaching uh is is definitely an art and it's it's really good to see uh uh because like you really don't notice it when you're younger but once you're uh older and uh once we're older college basketball fans we we really do notice it for sure yeah that's for sure but i want to change the subject into something that is very like I've been thinking about quite a bit lately and um I want your opinion on it so NLL NIL right so yeah I'm a fan of it I'm I'm all for the players making their money because you know if they deserve the money they should get the money right but in my opinion that adds responsibility to the player right so like you're you're people are putting money into you your responsibility as a college athlete rises i don't care what you say you can say well they're still a college kid yeah they are but they have a little bit more responsibility from a fan's perspective so saturday there was a team i'm not going to say who it was but they went they had a game that they should have won by 20 they should have you know absolutely blew blew the team out but they did not and they end up losing they come in the game unprepared they um you know they had a bad night and they lose to a team they should have beat by 20 and then that night there was you know stuff going around where they were out partying and stuff like they were at clubs and i'm not it's not it could not be true true because i didn't you know see you know picture evidence of them but you know with how many people said it and who said it i'm you know i would put my money on it with them making with them now making money from a fan's perspective 
that's kind of like kind of a slap to the face because it's like you know i'm putting in my opinion i'm putting my you know you're get you're making money and then you to you're making money to produce and it could you could look at it as they're not making money to produce but they're college athletes the only reason they're making the money is their play on the field core you know whichever one it is and so when you don't produce and then instead of you know maybe a video of you in the gym after the game there's a video of you at the club and so that kind of just like from a fan's perspective it's kind of like a slap to the face from a player's perspective i could see how it's like well i'm still a college athlete or i'm still in college i'm still a kid i'm 18 years old you know 18 to 22 years old so you know i i still want to do that fun stuff but now that you're making money it's kind of like maybe you can't be the frat guy that you wanted to be or maybe before before when they weren't making money and you've seen that well you know pay me and then we'll see something different now it's kind of like yeah <laughs> pay me like, we'll see something different yeah so okay, now so it's kind of like i just feel like there's an added responsibility and added you know pressure of course but i just yeah i don't know you say your opinion on it okay awesome um my opinion on it is that um uh said players uh you know player a player b uh player c player d you can go on through the alphabet they're going to do what they want to do um outside of the basketball court um it's 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 um and another thing um they're more like amateurs now you know they're getting paid a lot of money some are getting paid more than others um with that i'm not really sure because personally they've been getting paid um, I've been yeah. talking about this for years. Um, I went to school. Uh, I'm not going to say what school I went to. You can look that up on the internet. That's all public <laughs> knowledge. But <laughs> when I was in college, I saw athletes and I saw the clothes that they wore. I saw the book bags that they walked around with. These guys have been getting paid. Tell me. Uh, you know, it's kind of like what Jimbo Fisher said. Jimbo Fisher even came out and admitted it uh, this past weekend. He said players have been getting paid. It's just now legal. Yeah. So that's so, okay. The being getting paid is what it is. I mean, we already knew it. It's just now out and open. Here is the part where it gets kind of tricky because as a fan, uh, now if, if you're actually putting your money into the athlete you have a right to criticize but if you have not actually put your money into the athlete i just think you know you should sort of just look at it like uh maybe a little different everybody has the right to look at it as they want to now me personally i've not put a dime into this team but other than that i've not put any money um in into the team and things like that um, another thing, when it comes to all these NIL deals, um, this stuff has been happening under the table. So now that it's in the open, I think that's when fans, um, you know, want to add their opinion on it and things like that. You know, I, I remember seeing one tweet. Um, it was from a college student 
and she uh she came out and she said this is crazy she said i know people that are uh in the same college as me or same same as a college athlete or whatever and she said i know people that are struggling just to eat meals in college she said while you know a lot of these guys are getting six figures i mean i understand it may not seem fair but uh, that's honestly how the world is and honestly that is what you call capitalism to capitalize off your name likeness and image um now i do think eventually some things will change with these rules and different things like that but um as far as right now it seems to me like it's a free-for-all it seems to me like these guys are making as much money yeah. uh, as possible man like at this point you just gotta think like like is this going to keep going on, man? I mean, what about the kid that wants to be, uh, you know, he may, maybe they don't want to go to NFL now. Maybe they don't want to go to NBA. Maybe they'll make majority of their money in college, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think, um, like I said, if the, if the college itself, so on, on the point of you made about the girl, if the college itself was paying them, I think it would be a problem and like unfair, but since it's, you know, mainly since it's sponsorships, you know, it's kind of like go on your own sponsorship then like, you know what I mean? But, and I'm not saying they, I'm not saying these players shouldn't get paid and they shouldn't, you know, have fun. It's just when you're in the, when you're in the heat of the moment, so your team just lost to a team, they should have beat by 20. And then, as a fan, you're upset, you know, for some fans, that ruins their day. Like, that ruins their night, you know. You spend the whole week or couple days waiting to watch your team play, play, and then they come out and lay an egg. And then while you're upset, they're out partying, and it's kind of like, you know. And yeah. I, before, I, I, before, so I'm not saying kids didn't do that before. Right. I'm saying now that you added money to it, now it's like another reason why, like, well, you know, now you're making the big bucks and, you know, why aren't you producing? And so from a right, fan's perspective, right. I can see why fans would be mad that, you know, they're getting paid all this money and then you come out laying egg. Everybody has a bad game, you know, it just happens. But then when you're, when you're upset, your team lost, and then you see them, um, you know, partying and, you know, taking tequila shots and drinking vodka Red Bulls all night. It's kind of like, dude, you just, you know, you shot 0 for 8 from 3 and you're drinking, you're taking tequila shots. Like, what are you celebrating for? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I can, I can see both sides. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying they shouldn't get paid. I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I'm right. just saying, I just wanted to bring it up as kind of like, you know, it's controversial, you know, and I just wanted to get somebody else's opinion because I'm still, you know, right in the moment the I'm mad at him. But when you sit back and look at it, it's like, well, you know, right. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, when you come play uh, basketball at a big program, uh, you sort of become like a public figure, whether that's mm -hmm. like in the in in that in that sad community or, um, you know. Uh, nationwide at times uh, 
And the thing is, is that, um, you know, I've been in college before. Um, I've been to parties and uh, uh, I don't go to parties now, but when I used to go to parties, uh, I would see uh, some collegiate athletes at parties and, you know, they were just like one of us, you know what I'm saying? Uh, really nothing was different from them. They just had like more status and things like that, of course. But uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think what, what you're really trying to say is just looking at it from like a more responsive, responsible point of view. And that's really hard. Cause like when you're that young, you know, I'm, I'm 25 now, but you know, when I was 18 through, uh, I would say 18 to 21, you know, I was a little bit wild myself. And even before that, I was a little bit wild, even in high school. So um, it's things that, you know, they'll probably look back at it. Like even me, man, you know, um, you know, now that I started working my adult, adult career and things like that, you know, I, I look at it like, man, there's times where, you know, maybe I shouldn't have went out that night or I shouldn't have spent this money. Or I shouldn't have did that. So it's just, you know, everybody has like their own uh, individual individuality. And uh, that's just how I look at it. And I, I hope the best for those guys. And I get what you're saying. It's no issue having a little bit of fun. But, you know, after a loss, if you're celebrating, yeah, I don't I, I don't respect yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But if like, yeah, like you said, like if you gave me six figures right now, not only am I taking tequila shots but i'm buying the entire club tequila shots like so i can see why you know 18 year old you give them six figures and i, I don't think it you know i'm not saying it's the money that's causing it you know it's it's, it's, it's just, what you call the uh not not to cut you off zeke it's what you call the john jones effect and uh, the reason i bring that up is because john jones uh what you just said getting a tequila shot for everybody john jones is, you know, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you watch UFC at all, but he's had a, a lot of troubles in his life due to drinking, due to alcohol and other drugs. And it's simply due to the fact that he was like that. He would go into a club and he would tell everybody in the club and he admitted this. He would say, hey, you're all getting drinks. It's on me. It's on my tab. Just walk up to the bartender and say it's on John Jones and he would pay for everybody. And he said by the time the night ended, he would walk out of the club and he then spent 20000 just that easy, 30000 that easy. And he said that this was a weekend thing. After all his, uh, his championship fights, he said that this is what he would do. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not for sure if they were buying everybody tequila shots. Yeah, we're yeah. not <laughs> sure. We're not really sure. You yeah. know, we're just, we're just talking. Yeah. We're just, you know, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, from – in the moment, in the heat of the moment, your team just lost. As a fan, I could see how it'd be hard to a hard pill to swallow to see your team out celebrating when they should have won by 20. But when you sit back and look at it, you know, they're college kids. If I was in put in that position, and you know, my friends were like, you know, say the bench warmers on the end of the bench were like, hey, we're going to the club. You trying to come with us? I'd be like, Yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> I'll be there, bro. Let me put my shoes on. Right. But... And see, the thing, the thing is, you know, you bring it up too. And it's like, even if you're a bench warmer on said team, 
and I keep saying sad because I'm not saying the team. I'm not bringing nothing <laughs> up. I'm not getting attacked. Those days are done and over with. Please do not attack me on Twitter. Please. I've not Hashtag free RG. Right. I've not said a word. I'm quiet as a mouse now. This is what you wanted. This is what you get. But anyhow, if you're even a bench warmer on said team, if you're caught hanging out with the popular player, hey, that that's going to get you some so-called clout too. That's going to get you some yeah. clout coins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some clout coins right there. Get them all. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, cha-ching, man. It's, it's money for everybody. <laughs> And that's the way I look at it. I, I, to, be, to be blatantly uh, honest with you, a lot of these businesses, a lot of these businesses are struggling and they need help. And I think in, uh, in uh, NIL, Jesus, is going to help a lot of those businesses too. I mean, think about it. Uh, uh, you know, a couple guys got some uh, NIL deals with uh, a couple restaurants, uh, you know, now, a lot of these chains might not be as big. They might not be as popular, but it is going to draw attention and it is going to help people go to those businesses. So, uh, yeah, so I what think we, it sort of works out for two people. Yeah, so long story short, if you're a bar out there and you're and there's a college game tonight, just do like half off drinks and, you know, build your business up, you know, for the college kids. <laughs> but... um. Is there um, anything else you want to, you know, talk about? Anything you want to bring up? Yeah, man. Uh, one thing I can uh, say is uh, uh, shout out to my man, uh, Michael Beard, uh, the bracketologist. I just want to shout out to him. He's been working his tail off uh, behind the scenes. And uh, I, uh, I designed a, uh, a uh, holiday bracket or, something like that uh for them um seems like it worked out seemed like they liked it uh those, those group of guys so shout out to michael beard um and all those guys um you know that that mostly talk about college basketball uh the lack of coverage is something that you know i've been voicing my opinion about for months uh whenever whenever i do get back to twitter which should be soon um, I'll probably voice my opinion on it again. So, uh, yeah, and that's all I got to say. And uh, I hope and wish everybody, if, if you watch this long, you're, you're definitely a fan. Thank <laughs> you. And uh, wish you uh, happy holidays. Yeah. Is there, um, do you want to shout your Twitter out just in case when you get back, you might have, you know, triple digit notifications? Uh, well, I mean, where we can find your work. Well, at first I delete I deleted it off my phone for like maybe like two weeks, and then I started back uh, checking it. So now I'm in the process where I'm checking it every day, and I'm checking the news again, but I'm not tweeting, I'm not interacting with anybody. So that part I'm in the second stage right now. Eventually I'll get to the third stage. Uh, I blocked all the trolls. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to roll uh, whenever I decide to uh, get back on the app. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the opposite. I'm on Twitter 24-7. That is my job. But no, it's not my job. But I am on Twitter like all the time. If you want to find me there, I'm tweeting 
um, at Zeke College Basketball Takes, Z-E-K-E, capital C, capital B, capital B, Takes. So go follow me there. Give me a follow. Um, check out catscoverage.com. We have, um, like I said earlier in the podcast, we're I'm super blessed to be a part of it. They gave me, you know, opportunity I never thought I would even have. And, you know, a platform that, you know, isn't huge, but, you know, we're gaining. And um, big things are happening over there. So with that said, is that everything, you know, good? Yeah, shout out to uh, Caps Coverage as well. Uh, shout out to the team. Um, I'm on and off. Sometimes I'm kept covered. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, shout out to those guys. They work really hard. And um uh, they're definitely all great people, and I have enjoyed working with them. Also, follow me at Rossing Graphics. Uh, I will be back on Twitter soon. All right. So, with that said, um, everybody take care and you know, have a good one. Ah!